Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 29. Follow after peace with all men and the sanctification without which no man will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest there be any man who falls short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and many be defiled by it, lest there be any sexually immoral person or profane person like Esau, who sold his birthright for one meal. For you know that even when he afterward desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for a change of mind though he sought it diligently with tears. For you have not come to a mountain that might be touched, and that burned with fire, and to blackness, darkness, storm, the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which those who heard it begged that not one more word should be spoken to them, for they could not stand that which was commanded. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. And so fearful was the appearance that Moses said, I am terrified and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable multitudes of angels, to the feastal gathering and assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. See that you don't refuse him who speaks, for if they didn't escape when they refused him who warned on earth, how much more will we not escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven, whose voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that have been made, that those things which are not shaken may remain. Therefore, receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, let us have grace through which we serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. All right, today we're in Hebrews chapter 12 and we're going to finish off where we left off last week. Verse 14. Follow after peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no man will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest there be any man who falls short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and many be defiled by it. So what causes us to become embittered? Maybe it's when we feel we've been wronged. After the fact, instead of seeking reconciliation and forgiving, we hold on to the wound and let it fester. Tragically, we choose not to forgive at times. Maybe we think something like, this will teach that person the lesson they obviously need to learn. In truth, we're only harming ourselves when we don't forgive. Think about what Jesus said. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know, being self-righteous might also make us bitter towards others. When they don't live up to our legalistic expectations, then we start treating them with contempt. 
Honestly though, who wants to be around a person who is bitter all the time? It's gonna rub off. If the root is bitter, surely the fruit will be too, right? Verse 16, lest there be any sexually immoral person or profane person like Esau, who sold his birthright for one meal. For you know that even when he afterward desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for a change of mind, though he sought it diligently with tears. I wonder how often people trade something priceless, beautiful, long-lasting and spiritual for something cheap, immediate and fleshly. Esau gave up his birthright for a pot of stew. He was famished from having hunted for some game. In a moment of weakness, he gave into a temptation and gave away something precious for something short-lived and cheap. What can help us in times of weakness to have perspective and make the right and often difficult choice? 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God can help us through difficult circumstances and provide strength to resist these fleshly temptations if we turn to him for help. And our own strength and wisdom will certainly fail. Moving on, for you have not come to a mountain that might be touched and that burned with fire and a blackness, darkness, storm, the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which those who heard it begged that not one more word should be spoken to them, for they could not stand that which was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. So fearful was the appearance that Moses said, I am terrified and trembling. Exodus 19 explains how the mountain where Moses received the Ten Commandments from the Lord was fenced off, so to speak. Trespass that mountain, you were doomed to die. When Israel heard the voice of the Lord, it was too much for them. The whole assembly heard God speak the Ten Commandments to Moses from the mountain, and this is how they responded according to the Lord in Deuteronomy 5, 22-27. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly at the mountain out of the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness with a loud voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. And as soon as you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with man, and man still live. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have, and has still lived? Go near and hear all that the Lord our God will say, and speak to us all that the Lord our God will speak to you, and we will hear and do it. Okay, now contrast that with the believer's relationship to God under the New Covenant. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 22, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable multitudes of angels, 
and to the festal gathering and assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. The writer to the Hebrews is contrasting Mount Sinai with Mount Zion. Mount Sinai brought fear, terror, guilt, and judgment. Mount Zion speaks of heavenly things, a place of mercy, love, and forgiveness, a place of joyful and festive gathering of the souls perfected by the blood of Christ. Sinai is law, Mount Zion is grace. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Verse 25, See that you don't refuse him who speaks, for if they didn't escape when they refused him who warned on the earth, how much more will we not escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven? All right, let's imagine you work at a store. The shift manager with limited authority, who is, let's say, just a young kid, asks you to do something. Will you pretty much decide to just disregard him because you disagree and he's just a kid? Maybe you're inclined not to take him so seriously. You can get away with disrespecting him and you just want to do things your own way without any consequence. But let's say the store owner comes in during your shift to oversee things. I'd imagine you'd suddenly be on your best behavior, right? If the owner asked you to do the same thing, you'd probably be right on it, especially if you thought he could fire you on the spot. The God-man Jesus came down from heaven to save the world from sin and condemnation and offer us eternal life. He suffered and died for me and for you. The Creator Himself has come down to us to save us and to issue a warning against those who would reject such a salvation. There is no excuse. This is a serious warning against rejecting Jesus. Similar warnings have been sprinkled throughout the book of Hebrews already. Hebrews 2.2 says, For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Or Hebrews 10.28-29, Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think? will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace. Moving on, Hebrews 12, verse 26, whose voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, signifies the removing of things that are shaken as of things that have been made that those things which are not shaken may remain. Guys, this world is passing away. Part of sanctification as Christians is experiencing God shake the world out of us, so to speak, so that only what is spiritual and eternal will remain in the end. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 says, So we do not lose heart, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison 
as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Hebrews 12 ends with this. Therefore, receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, let's have grace through which we serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire will devour the world and destroy those of it. His presence consumes the wicked but purifies his people. And in the end, only his kingdom will remain. So in light of this, let's embrace grace and serve him with reverence and awe. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. In Isaiah chapter 42, God the Father witnessed of his truth. A chosen servant he would send A righteous judge, a light for men He would not shout or raise a cry But open all the blinded eyes And from the prison set us free He would not crush the weakest reed He only heeds the Father's voice And sees the Father's will The prophecy the Father spoke and Jesus is fulfilled in your own law. It is written that the testimony unto men is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who has sent me here for you. In Isaiah 43 and 4, Jehovah made his witness sure. About himself, creator and redeemer, savior for all men. Before him there was no God formed. The first and last he told us more. Forget the former ways and see that I am doing a new thing. Jehovah said this covenant would be on our hearts and minds. As Jesus he went on the cross and he offered up his life in your own law it is written that the testimony of two men is true I am one who testifies for myself My other witness is the Father who has sent me here for you When Jesus was baptized he was witnessing by what he did the Spirit came down like a dove and rested on Him. This is my beloved Son, the Father's voice was heard to say. John the Baptist testified of the Son of God that day. And Jesus said in His written the testimony of two men is true. I am one who testifies for myself. I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth, I am the Savior, Son of the Father who has sent me here for you. That was Jehovah's Witness from the Adams Road album, Enemy of the Cross.
had the word of God in my hands I looked into its pages And I couldn't see you I tried so hard to understand But I was struck with blindness Created by man Then you opened up my eyes And let me see From a false prophet Stopping my ears But then you healed me And I heard The beauty of your grace In the power of your word That plain and precious truth That finally set me was Death Will Hear from the Adams Road album Great Commission.
That was an Adams Road piano arrangement of the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Now, if you put all of your trust and hope in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, if you've trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then it is well with your soul and we can rejoice in that. This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry, Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Hebrews chapter 13. Grace and peace be with you all.